0: Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore LDS scripture and doctrine for the Come Follow Me curriculum for The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like most of you, I'm a typical Latter-day Saint, and I've held a variety of callings, from gospel doctrine teacher to institute. I've always loved learning and sharing the scriptures of Christ. Recently, I went back to school, and I'm currently a theology student where I get to learn context, history, ancient languages, and more importantly, how to learn. I thought you might want to share in what I was learning and the 20-minute scriptorian was born. While I am a believer, these thoughts are my own, and they are not an official representation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and join me on the journey as we explore the scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. Welcome back, Scriptorians. We're continuing on the story of Abinadi and the priest of Noah. Now, last time, we talked a little bit about the characters. So we introduced Noah, the priests, the people, and Abinadi. Now, as you recall, just a little quick refresher, the characters in ancient scripture, you don't find out a lot about them. So if you think about characters from Abinadi in this story, or even some of the stories like Lehi or... Moses, or whomever, uh, Sarah, somebody that you're thinking about in the scriptures, you don't usually get a ton of story about them. And so right now when we tell a a story, uh, even just me personally telling them, I tend to give a lot of backstory, maybe too many details. But we tend to give more details than they did anciently. And so when you do get a detail in a character it is vitally important, and it usually will lead you directly to something else in the story. So the, their names often have meaning, whether it was their real name or whether it was a name given to them. You're going to see things like Moses, and Moses means son. And so you'll say, oh, he was kind of this uh, image of Christ being the son. Or you'll see something like Adam, which means soil or dirt or earth. Or and you'll see Eve, a mother of all living or life giving. Hava and you'll see Seth which means a wisp or just a, a small bit of air or something like that. and Noah Noah is a rest. it, it comes from the same uh, Hebrew word as kind of a Sabbath or a rest and so um, as this, so they, they have meaning they have meaning to them and so sometimes if you just if you pass by those and you say um, he, here's a story about somebody and his name is a wisp. And then you're like, oh, Seth's not going to make it. (laughs) Or uh, one of my favorite is Enoch. It comes from the Hebrew Hanak, which means dedicated. It's the same word you get Hanukkah from, the Feast of Dedications. He was very dedicated. He was set apart. He was holy. And so, uh, which is Zion. And so it's just, there's always all this meaning. So when you get a detail about a character, you want to pay close attention. So go back and listen to that and kind of said set, we're setting the stage because Mormon spends a lot of time to give us that detail. Now, next, we head into this part, which is a little bit weird. It's this trial. So let's set the stage and then let's talk about what this trial is going to be with Abinadi because it is profound. And I will admit I didn't always follow what was going along. It was like, I don't know what they're arguing about. And I don't understand how it's like, aha, Abinadi got him. So, Abinadi shows up on the scene a couple years ago, this is again in the land south, these are Nephites who have, or Hemlaites, but Nephites who have gone down and settled and they're kind of living in the Lamanite territory, they're wealthy, they're giving a lot of their taxes, but they're lazy, they're wealthy, they're opulent, there's a lot going on there, and Abinadi shows up and he tells them that they are being idolatrous and wicked and they've hardened their hearts against the Lord and they better change. They drive him off. The people drive him off. Two years later, he shows back up. And he starts preaching to the people again. And now the people are like, we've had it. Quit telling all these bad stories about us. So they bring him to the priests. The priests bring him from Noah. Noah gets together with his priests. And these are, we already know. We've already set the stage. These are bad guys. These are not good guys. This is not going to go well. And we should not be like thinking, oh, poor Abedin. It's like, no, we're, we're, uh, we don't like these guys, right? We already know they're wicked, abominable, lazy, um, there for power. So we're not going to think a lot of them. And they get and they say, you know what? Bring, bring a Ben and I, so we can question him. So we'll question him. Ah, a courtroom scene. It's like Law and Order. So they're gonna sit down and they're gonna talk it through. So here, here's kind of what's gonna happen when they come. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna throw out this scripture and they're gonna say, hey, what do you think about this scripture? And I think we'd all say, I don't know what to make of that scripture. <laughs> but going at the end of 13 of Mosiah chapter 13, and then into 14, you're gonna read a little bit about um, Isaiah f- uh, 53. Isaiah 53. So go to Isaiah 13 and let's read the scripture really quickly and see what you think. Okay it's at the end of 12 and it is they'll bring him and they say hey what what do you what do you think this means that's uh, been written in the scriptures by our fathers how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings that publisheth peace that bringeth good tidings of good that publisheth salvation that sa- that saith unto Zion thy god reigneth thy watchmen shall lift up the voice and the and the voice together they sh- shall they sing, For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth unto joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. (laughs) So, it's an interesting scripture, isn't it? This Isaiah scripture, they're trying to trap him. And so they're going to use the scripture about the Lord... Uh, showing favor to the city of jerusalem and it's even going to use the vision at the very end catch this he's made bare his holy army showing his might in front of the people and so isaiah is prophesying of a time when the lord will save and and protect jerusalem so he's showing forth his arm in power and the prophets, these, be- these people, these saviors are bringing these great news. They're telling good tidings. And they're even talking about a watchtower. And they're going to sing forth all these glorious things. What do you think about that? Now, remember what we already learned what we've already learned about what happened. So recently, they have grown very powerful and rich. They have large buildings. They have a lot of riches. But they also have won a big battle against the Lamanites. They've built a new city over uh, the land of Lehi-Nephi. So they've rebuilt the city. So they've got a new city that's been protected in their eyes. They just defeated the Lamanites. Probably one of the only times in recent history. And so they are feeling very proud of themselves. And they're also, there was a watchtower even. And then it's just like, what do you think about that? Clearly, if you were a prophet, you would be bringing good news, not all this bad news. And look at all these evidences that we are clearly favored of the Lord because we won a battle. We're very rich. We are protected. We're clearly in favor. Clearly, clearly, these priests are saying the Lord loves us. Do you get it now? Yeah, that's why you spend so much time in the first couple chapters telling that that's why they would think of this scripture. But when I first read this, I was like, I don't understand why they're debating that. And then it hit me. Also, remember this make bare his arm, because... Uh, Abinadi is going to use a brilliant circular uh, uh, humor, not humor, circular argument and he's, um, but in a good way, he's going to bring it back and say I'm going to twist that on its ear and show you when the Lord brings forth his arm, it's not going to be to protect you but it's going to be show forth his power against you and he even extends his arm, he, he quotes the scripture and then Abinadi is going to stretch forth his arm so remember that one, Oh, it's just brilliant Okay, so that's their, that's they throw that one out. Hey, Abinadi, what do you think about this? Like, ah, ha, ha, we gotcha. And then Abinadi, you can just hear him just pause and says, seriously, are you guys even priests that you're teaching this people? That you don't even understand this? And you're just perverting these things? And you haven't even tried to understand this, right? And he says, well, what are you, what are you even teaching? And then he takes them all the way back. And he says, well, we teach the law of Moses, And he's like, well, what are you talking about? If you kept the law of Moses, you wouldn't be worried so much about riches and all of these things. And then he's like, well, let me ask you a truth question. Do you think the law of Moses saves? And they're like, well, yeah, 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 all we have to do. And they're like, no, it's about the Savior. That is just a sign showing of the atonement. The atonement still needs to take place, but the law of Moses doesn't save in itself. It's a sign, and we do need to keep it. But it doesn't save us. The law of Moses doesn't save us. So he takes them out of this pride and then teaches how they don't understand the scriptures. Right? So they don't understand. So then he's going to go through, he's going to review the law of Moses. So he's going to go through some of the commandments. He's going to go through some of the uh, concepts that that are in there that they've been missing. Right? So this is interesting. This is interesting. We're going to go back to the basics. We're going to go back and say, let's take a little tour back through uh, the basics of the scriptures and understand, oh ye wise priests, what's really going on here. Now, who else is this a lesson for? Us. This is a lesson for us. Because are we doing the same thing? Hey, we, we're we uh, very well off in our countries for the most part. Um, besides this pandemic, things go pretty well for most people. And so aren't we being blessed? Aren't we just being blessed of the Lord? And do we really need to keep these commandments? Or aren't we doing pretty well? right? And he's saying, don't harden your hearts, but let's go back to being obedient. Let's going back to understanding what these things are pointing to and showing our faith through our obedience. So he's going to go back and he's going to go through those commandments. <coughs> Now they try to lay hands on him. He shows great power. It even shows. Uh, remember, we talked about how this is a little bit a story of Moses and in uh, the, the wilderness and a deliverance. And then we're um, now we're doing the Ten Commandments. But it even says that his face shone with exceeding luster, just like Moses. There are so many parallels. It'd be an interesting a little study to just write down how many parallels are like the Exodus story and Moses with the I think you'll find there are quite a few. Pretty exciting okay so just like that he's going to go back up onto the mountain and he's going to show them the likeness of things and he's going to go through the ten commandments just like moses totally interesting okay and then he's going to remind them and says okay so you've said salvation just comes by the law of moses and then he's going to show that it isn't it isn't just that you have to keep the law of moses but there's a time when the law of moses is pointing to and salvation doesn't come by just the law it isn't it isn't by checking a list it's about the atonement and then it's let's teach you about christ that god himself will atone for these sins it's a change of heart now remember we learned that one of the things that people were doing were hardening their heart and it said noah King Noah and the people hardened their hearts. And he's now going to teach us about Christ who softens our hearts and changes us from inside. So the law is something we keep, but it doesn't change us. We change from inside. And it's because God has given us that opportunity to repent and change and humble ourselves through the atonement. And he is going to show us how to humble ourselves. Um, For them, it was in the future. For us, it's in the past, of course. So it reminds us of that. But there were types of things to come. Types of things to come. Then we're going to get into some pretty deep Christology. So that's we're going to learn about what it means to be a part of Christ. So now this one's a little bit short. We've gone over in the past, so I want to keep these a little bit short this time because I want to do the next time. We're going to jump into what this, uh, the atonement and the Christology and the theology that's in there because there's a lot of deep stuff. But go back, take the extra time and look at the, the characterizations that were made, this debate about the Isaiah scripture, as well as in what ways is Abinadi like a Moses. All right, scriptorians, keep on reading. And next time, we'll head into Abinadi's teachings about Christ.